everyone, and welcome to this special edition of the Yes Men. Lou DiPietro alongside Doug Williams, as always. And, you know, even though we, we taped this week's Yes Men earlier today, the news has broken that Derek Jeter will retire following the 2014 season, announcing that on uh, on his Facebook page, actually, about 2 o'clock this afternoon after his workouts were done for the day in Tampa. Jeter posted on Facebook that he knows in his heart 2014 will be his final season, and this is it. After last year with Mariano Rivera walking away, this year it's Derek Jeter's turn for one last moment in the sun. Yeah, uh, obviously everybody was shocked. It's not like he's 25. He's an older guy. We knew that it was going to come soon at some point. Uh, but, you know, it's a little shocking. I, I, for one, expected Derek to announce this like after a big postseason victory or loss and in October or November and say, hey, guys, by the way, today was my last game. That's kind of the way we all thought he would go out. Um, I guess he wanted to get out, of the, get it out of the way, uh, rid himself of the distraction. Um, the one thing, uh, before you know, we get into a little bit more, the one key thing to me about Derek Jeter and the fact that he is retiring, um, he's been going through this, these injuries, and, and last year uh, I, he called a nightmare. He was injured on and off uh, again and again. And I will say that I think he stands out. In, he's a diamond in the rough he, in this era of PED use. And at the age of 40, I think a lot of people in the last 20 years have turned to those things, to PED use. And Derek Jeter has refused to. And last year, we saw an example of an aging guy, a guy who's been playing baseball for a long time and a guy who plays a position that relies on mobility that he could no longer you know, do to the point where, you know, he continued to get injured. Uh, This season's not written off. Uh, He may have a great year for all we know. I just think that a huge part of his legacy is the fact that he is not a PED user and has never been a PED user in this era of of cheating, really. And, And Derek retires at a time where it sounds like he's just saying, my body, my the natural way it is, cannot handle baseball for much longer. Yep, and, you know, a lot of people wondered after... After that, you know, would he would he do this? Would this be his last year? And it kind of almost plays into the same thing as Mariano Rivera. You know, a lot of people wondered if he was going to call it quits after 2012. And then he got hurt in Kansas City and said, I'm not going out like that. Came out in spring training 2013, said, this is it. One last year, I'm, I'm, I'm going out. And he had one of the best years of his career, which is hard to define given that Mariano Rivera had a great year almost every year, it seemed. But now Derek Jeter, again, suffers an injury, you know, limited to 17 games last year and then now comes out and says you know what that's it this is i'm getting to the point where this isn't uh this feels more like a job as he said in his uh in his letter on facebook and this is going to be it for me i'm 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 ready to let it go after 2014 yeah we got to see this this year it makes this year so interesting uh the yankee team already had so many interesting headlines and now of course it'll be Derek jeter's swan song and we'll have to see how he plays, how he reacts to everything, the attention. He's not an attention guy. He, he likes to remain under the radar. Usually the, the radar is just on him. It's nothing he does. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Well, we've got, a, we've got a packed show here, even with a short show. And, uh, well, let's not waste any time uh, getting to talk to some of Derek's uh, contemporaries, Doug. On the line now we have John Flaherty, yes analyst, who also played alongside against Derek Jeter for uh, the latter part of his career. John Lou and Doug, the S-Men, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, John, just got to ask, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news today that Derek will eventually retire after the 2014 season? 
Well, you know, I'm not surprised that 2014 is going to be his last year. I was surprised he announced it now, uh, and I was surprised that he announced it uh, through Facebook. I didn't see Derek as being a social media type guy, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a great uh, opportunity for the fans, uh, knowing now that this is going to be his last year, and, you know, they can get out to the stadium and kind of appreciate uh, every game that he plays this year. Uh, you know, I just didn't expect Derek to kind of announce it early and bring all that attention on himself because, uh, you know, you guys know that he doesn't really enjoy all that attention. He just wants to go out there and play. But I thought today was a good day for the fans because now they know this will be it and they can flock to the stadium. Given that uh, Derek is one of those kind of guys that doesn't really, you know, call the attention to himself, w- would that Facebook post then maybe almost actually be the perfect way to do that, just kind of an unassuming here it is, no fanfare, everybody kind of finds it on their own, and, and then the, the fuel begins? Yeah, I guess so. I just, uh, you know, I didn't picture him being a Facebook or a Twitter guy. Um, but I, I think that's good. You know, Derek likes to uh, control everything that he, he is able to control, and obviously being able to kind of let this message go out exactly when he wanted it to go out, you know, after he was done with his workout in the morning at Tampa, uh, so he would not be around to deal with the kind of media attention that it's creating. Uh, that's typical of Derek and his personality, kind of fly under the radar, try to avoid the spotlight as much as possible. But he's going to be in for a busy couple of days, obviously, and uh, a long season You know, dealing with all the admiration that he's going to get. And knowing Derek Flash and knowing what kind of guy he is, do you think there's a chance that he tells the Yankees, look, I don't want the kind of tour around Major League Baseball that Mariano Rivera had. Do you think there's a possibility that he will kind of say, I know I've announced my retirement, but I kind of just, if you want to have a ceremony at the end of the year, that can be it? I think totally, Doug. Uh, you know, the, the one thing about Derek playing with him for three years, this guy has his routine, um, you know, from driving to the ballpark to when he takes extra BP to his batting practice out on the field. Uh, everything leading up towards the ball game. So I don't think he's going to do anything to take take that focus away from winning games. Uh, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to control it on the road, where obviously a lot of these fans, you know, of other cities and the teams in the other cities are going to want to give him the admiration that he deserves. So he's probably going to have to deal with some ceremonies on the field on the road. But I'd be surprised uh, if he has to do any of that at home until, like you said, the end of the year. Flash, last question for you is just a, a general Derek Jeter thought. You know, you, you played for the for the Rays before you came to the Yankees and then joined him, and, and you got to experience Derek Jeter as a teammate. Guys like Brian McCann, Jacoby Ellsbury, you know, the rest that are coming in this year for the first time, their first taste of the Yankees experience, now they also get what's going to be everyone's final taste of the Derek Jeter experience. What do you think is going to be going through their heads? Like, this is their first year on the Yankees, and now – this is Derek Jeter's swan song. We've got one chance to win the sixth ring for the captain. Well, you know what? They're going to find out uh, pretty early on that Derek Jeter is a very unassuming type guy and an unassuming teammate. Uh, he doesn't crave the attention. He doesn't crave the spotlight. Uh, he just wants to go out there and win baseball games and, and you know be, be in the big moment, which we all know when the moment is the biggest, that's when Derek shines the brightest. So those new teammates are going to find that out right away. Uh, you know, I, I just, I'm going to remember this guy, obviously, for the greatness on the field, but I think more importantly, you know, just the type of guy that he is off the field. Uh, his parents, his family should be awfully proud because they, you know, raised an outstanding baseball player, a Hall of Famer, first ballot, all of those things. But 
when you get to know Derek Cheater, uh, he's very grounded. He's very level-headed, and I think his parents deserve a lot of credit for that. And last thing, Flash, is there one moment in Derek Jeter's career to me, to you, that kind of defines him? One big moment in Yankee pinstripes that will, you know, be looked at as his biggest moment in pinstripes. Um, you know what, Doug? I'm not going to mention a, a big moment, you know, where everybody knows when he was either missing November or gets a game-winning home run or, you know, all of those things because I think the fans and the media, they're all going to think about those moments. Uh, when I think of Derek Jeter, I think about my first year in 03 in the playoffs, and, you know, I forget what round of the playoffs it was, but Derek was up in a big spot, and he took a bad swing, got fooled badly by a pitch, and he looked over to the dugout with a big smile on his face like he was playing a game of slow-pitch softball, you know, and that's the moment that I'm always going to remember because when the stage was the brightest and the biggest, he was able to relax more than any other player that I have ever been around, and that swing and a miss and looking bad, that would have made a lot of players kind of crumble in that moment, but not Derek Jeter. He's able to laugh it off uh, and be able to come through the rest of the at-bats. So uh, this guy was, was calm under pressure, and that's going to be my own personal memory of uh, the greatness of Derek Jeter. I'm sure everyone that has played with him, John, is going to have a moment like that, too, because that's just the, the greatness that is Derek Jeter. John Flaherty, thanks for coming on with us today. Guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That was uh, John Flaherty, who spent the final three years of his career in pinstripes alongside Jeter. And, you know, we, we talk about one great moment that defines Jeter. A lot of people will remember July 1st, 2004, when Derek, you know, dove into the stands against Boston to catch a foul pop-up ended up having to come out of the game. It was John Flaherty who got the game-winning hit. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he drove in the, the game-winning run um, in that game. You know, just kind of a, a neat uh, connection there. Yeah, we're not just talking to an analyst. You know, we're talking <laughs> to a guy who was a teammate to Derek Jeter for three seasons, and that's what's so cool about being able to talk to, you know, a guy we work with. And that brings up another thing about Jeter is that, you know, he's the last remaining member of the core four. He... uh on, on his retirement day, assuming we'll just go with the last day of the regular season, he's going to be slightly older than Jorge Posada was the day he retired. So he'll be the second youngest of the core four to walk away. You know, Pettit and, and Rivera were into their 40s. And, you know, there's a generation of Yankee fans, and I know you're part of this, Doug, that you don't remember anything but Derek Jeter, the New York Yankees, winning all these world championships, all the success. This is life. This is childhood to many Yankees fans that are, I'll say, 25, you know, and under your generation of fans. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, what's funny is that I understand, you know, I Ryan Rucco was on the radio earlier today and got emotional thinking about Derek retiring. And, you know, you two were talking on Twitter and you guys are a little older than I am. Um, so you have some memories of the Yankees without Derek. For the most part, it's been with Derek. But for me, legitimately, I was five years old. When he was a rookie. So I don't know Yankee baseball without him. Last year was my first taste, really. And when he separated his shoulder against the Blue Jays that one time, that is pretty much all I've got uh, without Derek Jeter. So it's really, it's a shock. You know, he's he's not going to be playing baseball. My, my favorite memory of him uh, when I was younger, um, when he uh, made the flip against the Oakland A's, um, that when I when I was that age, I I really thought uh, this is the closest thing to a superhero I'll ever see. Um, he was a great guy. He he was he was you know he was talented. He was handsome. He was everybody's hero, and he came out of nowhere 
And I remember just screaming, why was he there? Why was Derek Jeter there to flip the ball to Jorge Posada to tag Jeremy Giambi out? There's no explaining it. And I don't know if we'll ever have anything like that in baseball again. He was there because he's Derek Jeter and he knew he needed to be there. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It's, it's like magic. That's really the explanation you have is that he just knew Derek Jeter needed to be there. The bat signal went out and there he was, Captain Clutch, right there, right where he needed to be to make that play that really, you know, without that play, maybe the Yankees don't reach the World Series that year. Yeah, seriously. You know? It was a huge play. Huge play. You know, to, to kind of counter your, your thoughts on that, I'm like, like I said, I'm 11 years older than you. So Derek Jeter, when he came up and made his major league debut, I was 14, almost 15 years old at that point, and it had sit, you know, had sat through the teams of the 80s with Don Mattingly that came close but didn't quite win first place back when it was just you know two division winners in the uh, ALCS, and then I sat through the early 90s teams that were not so pleasant to watch, and then, you know, Mattingly decided he was going to retire, and we had this hope that this fresh-faced kid named Derek Jeter might be good. And, you know, thank God Gene Michael, you know, drafted these guys and and talked uh, Buck Showalter um, into, you know, that Gene Michael drafted these guys. And I think it was Willie Randolph who talked uh, the brass out of trading Mariano Rivera to Seattle for Felix Vermeen because they weren't sure about Derek Jeter and – here we are 20 years later. They both have a handful of rings, and we're talking about two of the greatest players of all time and two surefire first ballot Hall of Famers, one officially retiring just three months ago, four months ago, and one now deciding that he's going to call it quits. It's Even with me being older than you, Doug, it's half my life, more than half my life, that Derek Jeter has been the shortstop of the New York Yankees. So it's going to be you know a tough adjustment as a fan, and especially for us working here, just thinking ahead to 2015 – What's it going to be like without any of them, you know? So strange. So strange to think of. It's a new generation. It's the end of, you know, really the best times to be a Yankee fan in the history of the franchise. We now uh, we now have Doug, one man who has covered Derek Jeter in some form throughout his whole career. Another one of our analysts here in the Yes family, Mr. Jack Curry, who worked at the New York Times for 20 years, uh, covering Jeter first from the outside perspective, quote-unquote, and now here at Yes covering from the quote-unquote inside perspective. And so we have with us on the line Jack Curry, Jack, Lou, and Doug, the Yes Men. Uh, welcome to the show. Good to be here, fellas. How you doing? First, first things first. I mean, when you heard the news today, what what went through your head? What was your first thought? You know what? I was surprised because I've covered Derek Jeter's entire career. In fact, I remember the day the Yankees brought him to Yankee Stadium, and he was still a high school kid and had been drafted, or I should say, was a recent high school graduate, and. You go back that long with him, and the one thing that he has always impressed upon me is that he wanted to play. This guy loves to play baseball. He's not the type of guy who sits at home and watches it, but he, I thought, would just keep playing and playing until he couldn't play anymore. So what this tells me is that this injury that he's had to deal with has sent him a message that he probably never wanted to receive, but that 2014 is a good time to walk away. He has had a great career. I would not be surprised if he adds one more solid year on top of that. But to hear it announced today surprised me because you know he's going to get the questions if he goes out and hits 300 in 2014. Well, why are you walking away? Do you think, Jack, that there is a chance that he has one of those signature signature, uh, Derek Jeter seasons? Or do you think the fact that he is retiring this early or at least announcing his retirement this early that it means the ankle maybe is still giving him trouble or the leg muscles are cramping up again? We can't get inside his head, Doug, but you have to think that the ankle injury has a big part in him making this decision. If he does go out there and have an 180-hit season and hit 300, 
he'll get asked those questions. But, again, we had the situation with Mariano Rivera last year. Will you change your mind? Will you change your mind? I'm sure Jeter has given this a ton of thought. He wouldn't come out with this announcement the way that he did at the time frame that he did, not thinking that this was the way that he was exactly going. Everybody has the right or reserves the right to change their mind, but I have to believe the fact that he's going in this direction means that this is it. He knows that this will be his last season. And he knows that this is it, and obviously last season, Jack, he saw you know what happened with Mariano Rivera with the gifts up and down the American League and then the, the final celebration at home that ended with his number being retired. Obviously, Derek has never been one of those you know attention-craving, spotlight-seeking kind of people, but is there going to be any way he can avoid having the same thing in 2014? Lou, if I walked into the studio today and offered you a gift, would you say no? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think is going to happen. Everything that you just said is accurate. Derek Jeter does not want the spotlight. He does not want to be the guy who's out there getting a fishing pole when he when he visits Tampa Bay and and getting whatever the Boston Red Sox would give him. But I think because of the career that he has had, because of what we just saw happen with Mariano Rivera last season, I don't see how he avoids that sort of fanfare. I think people are going to want to celebrate this guy's career. Bud Selig, what was it, a couple hours after Jeter made this announcement, Bud Selig comes out with a statement. Not very often when the commissioner of baseball is prompted to come out with a statement about someone and the way that he spoke about Jeter. So I don't see how 2014 doesn't become a Jeter love fest, regardless of whether he wants it or not. Assuming that he does have a Derek Jeter-type season in 2014, Jack, do you think that his legacy is kind of uh, boosted by the fact that he kind of is a diamond in the rough in this era of of PED use and, and cheating, and he's always been the guy that's been clean and the guy that now, at the age of 40, is kind of saying, I can't really do this anymore. Do you think that helps his legacy, that he's kind of stood out for the right way? I think his legacy, Doug, is one that we will look back upon and we'll put this guy up there amongst one of the greatest shortstops of all time. When you add in the layers that you just added in, absolutely, because he played in an era where guys cheated. The guy who played to his right 50 feet away from him has come out and admitted that he was a cheater and got the longest suspension in the history of baseball because baseball believed that he had cheated and an arbitrator upheld that decision. So there's no doubt that people, even the people who cheered against Jeter and hated him, I've had Red Sox fans tell me that I booed the guy the heck out of him, but I respect the way that he played. I, I had to have respect for the way that this guy did it. And I think when we look at his career, you have to have respect for the way that he did it. And I go back to something that he told me early on. I remember asking him about steroids and that my father was a substance abuse counselor. He came home every day telling me stories about people who had made decisions that had complicated their lives and complicated the lives of people around them. Why in the world would I ever want to do anything like that after hearing all those stories that I had heard from my dad? It's it's a good uh, you know it's a good way to not get into that I guess. Um, last question for you, Jack. You know, you've covered him with the Times, you've covered him with Yes, you, you co-wrote a book with this guy, so you've got to have one great moment, memory, story, Derek Jeter that stands out to you that, that is Derek Jeter. I think it's, it's sort of, I don't know if it's one moment or an accumulation of thoughts, but I have to go back again to off-the-field stuff, and I remember after he won the Rookie of the Year in 96, I flew out to Kalamazoo, and I asked him if I could spend the day with him, and I ended up spending the day with Jeter and his dad mostly. His mom and his sister were also involved because he was doing some charity events, and 
he just harped on the idea that he never wanted to do anything that was going to embarrass his parents. And if you think about that, if we all lived our lives that way, that you never want your parents to get a phone call or, in this day and age, a text or an email that says, Johnny was doing this or Janie was doing that. If you live your life that way, as Jeter has done, you're probably going to end up feeling pretty secure about all the things that you did. So that always stuck with me, that he didn't want to do anything that was ever going to upset or embarrass his parents. And I think he's lived up to that pretty well. Well, well said, Jack. I think that tells a lot about the character of one of the best guys we've ever seen in professional baseball. Jack, thanks so much for hopping on with us. Thanks, guys. I, I enjoyed it. And so there you go. You know, there's the the perfect example from Jack Curry of, of Derek Jeter, the man. And Michael Kay said it, you know, earlier today on his show as they've been discussing Derek Jeter all day too that, you know, I believe he said it was Willie Randolph or Buck Showalter, one of the two, that, that said Derek Jeter will never do anything to embarrass the Yankees. And it was like, well, how do you know that? And there it is. Doc, Dr. Charles and Dorothy Jeter right there are, are the impetus for that. Derek never wanting to embarrass his parents and, and later on in his life never wanting to embarrass the organization that has been the only one he's ever called home. Yeah, and I can't think. Honestly, I cannot think of anybody in sports that has gone through their entire career without doing anything. There's no blips in the radar. There really aren't that, that would not make him the perfect role model. He plays hard. He's great. He's a great guy off the field. He, as Michael Kay pointed out earlier, has been a single guy in New York, yet there's nothing bad you there's, can say yeah, about him. The there's no paper trail of him no. being a, no. a jerk in any he's way, shape, the, or form. He is the face of perfection. And I don't, frankly, it shouldn't matter what kind of season he has this year, but if he goes out there and hits 300, I'm telling you, I'll be there in his last game. I'll be crying my eyes right. out. Same, just like I was at Mariano Rivera's last game. I'm going to admit it in the press box. I was hiding it. You know, yep. a, a tear coming down my cheek. You know, the other question is what happens if he doesn't? Let's hope we don't have to answer that one. But what happens if he just can't do it anymore? And, well, then, you know, he's, he's, for lack of a better word, embarrassing himself out there. Well, Lou, I mean, the one thing I will say about that is no one wants to see that no. happen. Nobody. Because it, legitimately his biggest – are the biggest contenders to the New York Yankees would not want to wish that on him. Nope. But it does kind of add an aspect to the fact that he is retiring for the right reasons. Absolutely. His body, he can tell, just can't do it anymore. And no matter what, I think it'll be a happy ending for Derek Jeter. As much as he's a guy that, you know, like I said, would never want to do anything to embarrass himself or his parents or his organization, he's also not going to be the kind of guy that sticks around just to collect anything. It's he's not, done everything yeah. he can, everything he wants to do, I guess. And and this is it. I mean, this – Cal Ripken, I guess, is maybe the, the best example of someone I could think of that is along those same lines. I grew up you – know, I played shortstop as a kid. Cal Ripken was huge in the 80s. So outside of Don Mattingly and Willie Randolph being my favorite players, I mean, I looked up to Cal Ripken because he was a great role model, a great shortstop, kind of the guy you wanted to be. And now, you know, Derek Jeter has been that for a whole new generation of, of yep. Yankees fans. In a generation, for me at least, that's been really, it's been really hard. You know, Roger Clemens was my hero growing up. And, you know, mm, yeah. guys guys just kept getting, you know. I think, I think Doug, the best way to wrap this entire thing up to, to say Derek Jeter is to, to see what, you know, Matt Harvey said. This is what Matt Harvey told ESPNNewYork.com earlier today. And this is a guy, Matt Harvey, who could be poised to be a face of the New York baseball market for many, many years to come if he plays his entire career with the Mets as David Wright has and, and continues. This is what he said. Harvey said to Adam Rubin, when you grew up watching baseball, that was the guy that you watched and wanted to be like. 
The amount of respect that he has in the game and in New York, it's going to be sad to see him leave. But he's had such an amazing career, and obviously he's ready to move on with whatever he is interested in. But as a fan of New York sports, it's going to be a sad thing to see him leave. That pretty much sums it up. That and the fact that, as Jack said, you know, he's talked to Red Sox fans who said, I booed him, but, you know, you can't help but respect him. His last regular season game, September 28th, Fenway Park. Probably be the first, last, and only time Derek Jeter has ever cheered on Yawkey Way. I'm going to go ahead and make the prediction that you and I will both be there. Yep. I can pretty much guarantee you that we will both be there, absolutely, because honestly, there's nowhere else I'd rather be that day. Right. I don't know about you. Well, that's going to do it for what's been a very tough day for New York sports fans. Derek Jeter retiring at the end of 2014. Doug and I will be back with you next week as we can uh, maybe sort out a little bit more of the fallout as the days go on. But until then, he's Doug. I'm Lou. Derek Jeter's the captain for one more year. We'll see you next time.